You're listening to the Next Wave Radio Network. know that Sharknado was uh, coming up this week? I don't know if you watch the channels where they're advertising. <laughs> no, I know. Is I, I, yeah, I think I heard about it. Is I'm like, <laughs> think you heard about it? I don't know. It's fucking man. Shark Week, dude. There was, but it was oh, off your radar. Yeah, no, it was definitely off my radar. Is I just, I feel like Sharknado is one, like our society going one step closer to idiocracy. Yeah, I hear you. Because there are cases to be made either way, but I f- also feel like having watched it now and, and the first two as well, because this is the third year they've they've done this. It's yeah, Sharknado three. Um, they skip two. It's a weird. <laughs> well, you're gonna have to go back and watch them in order because there's some very important plot and points that happen. You'll never be able to follow Sharknado three. <laughs> That's what I hear. It's really well written. Why now. are sharks falling from the sky? Um, no, but they. Uh, how, how do you make fun of a movie that wants you to make fun of it? Is as I was watching this because we were going to talk about that movie, right? Because it's Shark Week and it was just this weekend, and we didn't even know if we were going to record this week. Um, and uh, I already had this party I was going to. We have, you know, Jason Cox. Mm-hmm. Uh, he and his lovely wife were throwing a Sharknado theme party, which, by the way, Jesus, they go all out. I need to post what? Yeah, I was going to say like, what? What is at a Sharknado? Party. It's just an excuse to. Sh- she loves doing themes and, oh, okay. and throwing events, and so everything is shark themed. Uh, there was punch that had little gummy sharks floating in it, uh, and uh, there was just decorations everywhere. Dude, I got to post a video. Their ceiling fan. They had their ceiling fan on low, oh, and uh, she had like a chicken wire tornado that she had fashioned that was hanging from the middle. The light shining on it, and then there were like three inflatable sharks oh my that God. she had like uh, uh, you know adhered to the uh, the blades, and so it's just spinning around slowly. I got some nice slow mo video with my wow. my iPhone. That so, uh, is that is really yeah, interesting. She went on out. That is for shark. Well, here's the thing. If you're going to watch this movie, it's no fun to watch on your own because then it is depressing. Then it is like idiocracy. But, uh, man, there were like 20 people there. And any time a shark took somebody out, it was just uproarious (laughs) laughter. And that's what it's for. So I don't want to put it in the idiocracy category because that's kind of like – I, I reserve that for like the Fast and Furious movies, right? Not, to, and, and I know people enjoy them. I was about to say number seven, but they're really yeah. Got oh yeah, praise. it's an international sensation. Uh, I, I guess the ratings are somewhere in the middle. There. I don't know how the next one's gonna be. Uh, but yeah, but we've been saying that for the last six, and <laughs> they keep making them. You know what? You're absolutely right. But they're kind Although, of. I think it's safe to say that Tokyo Drift was a little bit of a letdown. Everybody, <laughs> yeah, looks at Tokyo. Tokyo Drift is the Phantom Menace of the <laughs> Fast and Furious world. Um, but everybody. Uh, Everybody loves those movies because they, but but it's for a different reason. They're not laughing with it. They're mm-hmm. well, they're not laughing at it at all. Uh, but Sharknado really wants you to laugh with it and thinks it's yeah. in on the joke. I don't know that the first one they were quite in on the joke. I, I definitely think the first one was meant to be more serious, and then with the reaction that they got, they just played along with I, it. And they're I know. and there's like, okay, we can. We can milk this into something, which I think is also like kind of really mean to like the guy who wrote it and like really was like, oh my god, I'm right. getting a movie made and like <laughs> this is so amazing I know, right? and like my dreams are all coming true. Calling his mom, yeah, and hey, like, I'm gonna be on TV. I and made it. Everyone like 
loves hates it you know loves it for all the wrong reasons you know and but, it's just like and then they're like wow man you made a really you made such a great piece of shit that <laughs> we're gonna finance we, do more. yeah we are gonna milk it for everything oh and the product placement now uh was all over like everything was sponsored like first half of the movie takes place in like universal studios right which it it, totally for pl- product placement, and every other commercial was like Sharknado themed. So they, it's a machine. There, are, yeah. This will be like the Fast and Furious franchise. There um, will be Sharknado ten in a decade. I, I, at this rate, I was surprised to hear that they already greenlit and working on four. Oh, oh yeah. No, it, it's, there's already a hashtag. They're showing commercials for the hashtag while you're watching part three because oh spoiler alert, it ends on a cliffhanger, and you get to s- decide whether the character uh, in question actually dies or comes back next. Uh, Next year, so maybe we'll have to do Sharknado Four next year, but we're not going to do it this year. No, or today we were talking about doing it um, because we weren't sure whether we were actually going to record an episode. Uh, this is the editing, editing bay, by the way. My name is Joel. I'm Jeff, and you'll be noticing that absence is uh, the mellifluous tones of one Joe. Because uh, if you're a fan of the show, if you're following the show, you know that uh, for the past eh, seven to ten months, not to put too fine a point on it, uh, he's had he's had some news. He's had a major thing happening in his life, uh, and finally that thing emerged like a beautiful butterfly into the world in the form of his daughter. So, yay, congratulations to Joe. Um, and he had, uh, we'd, he'd been chain-burning some episodes. I've been traveling for the last few right. weeks, so this is my first time back in the studio. So uh, going to be a little rusty all around, but, Jeff, uh, Jeff, you... Uh, host your own podcast. You host several podcasts, actually. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm on uh, My Comic Life with Sam. Right here on the Next Wave Radio Network. All all my shows are. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Mine, too. (laughs) That's a coincidence, man. (laughs) I know. uh, And then uh, Joe and I, uh, we do uh, Afternoon Delight on uh, the Edinburgh channel. That's right. And uh, so, and... Recently, uh, we've been changing things up. Normally, we go see a first-run movie, mm-hmm. and recently, we've been changing it up. And the last two episodes, we've actually been doing commentaries. Our first commentary episode was for Tremors, and uh, I can't wait to listen to that. <laughs> oh, you haven't listened to it? Yet? No, no, I've been waiting because I've been on the road and yeah, I haven't oh, had yeah. the movie with me. Yeah, so now and, that I'm back uh, home. and then after that, we did uh, it was yeah X the was first X Men. X Men, yeah. Was that you or did Hillary do that one? No, well, so Joe, it, it was kind of like a. a uh, a two-parter thing okay. is Joe and I did for Afternoon Light commentary. Okay, and then for the editing bay. Okay, Joe and Hillary. She was just did you know uh, X Men for the editing bay. Yeah, and I so. listened to that episode. Good, good on you, Hillary, again for uh, for co-hosting and stepping in for me. Although uh, I like, I'm going to start doing this. I like what she did on that X Men episode. If you haven't listened to it uh, from a couple of weeks ago, uh, when it came came time to recast. She was totally like recasting people who weren't actually in the movie, characters that weren't in the movie. Yeah. So it's uh, really, really taken. I'm going to start doing that now. I'm just yeah. going to add other characters that, 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 was, that, was that weren't g- in the movie we actually watched. That was great. No, no, but I, I kid. I love it. So, yeah. uh, so we're not doing Sharknado three. Uh, Joe, of course, is absent as I aforementioned. Uh, so instead, we're, we kind of called called inaudible. I had some friends over at the house over the weekend. You know, I've got that that. 12-foot inflatable screen in the backyard. I think you've mentioned it once I, or twice. Maybe a few times. About as many times as I mentioned going to Europe. <laughs> Did I mention I went to Europe? Yeah. yeah I've, I've, I've heard that rumor. heard of it. Familiar. And uh, had some friends over and uh, just scrolling through the old hard drive and uh, somebody who was there picked out uh, a Wet Hot American Summer, which is a film that I thought I had seen in its entirety. Uh, turns out, after watching it, uh, there there are big chunks of that movie really? I hadn't seen. Which so this was your first time, like sitting down and watching it from in continuous. Yes, wow. there are several. The first time I kind of had exposure to this movie, 
was really like only a year ago, and I wor- worked for a company who, uh, for an internal um, sales kickoff that they were doing at mm-hmm. the end of the year, wanted um, me to. Oh, I was a video producer there. I dabble in a little bit of special effects every now and then, and uh, they wanted me to replace some people's heads on from clips of movies. So, like you know, they had the lead sales guy, and we're going to videotape him in front of a green screen and take his head and put him in the scene. So they sent me a link. Here's this movie, Hot, Wet Hot American Summer. I'm like, oh, I'm familiar with it. I've seen some clips with Paul Rudd. I know he's funny playing that douchey character. Um, <laughs> but there was a scene that I was unfamiliar with where, um, what is his name? Ke- Ke- Kevin Marino? Ken, Ken Marino. Ken Marino, who's a guy. He's one of these character actors. You'd recognize him from TV shows and movies. But uh, like me, you probably don't know him by name. What else will we know him from? Well, I mean, half this cast is yes. is, is the state. You yeah. Know, oh, is, yeah. Is, is, no, is, there you go. From the state. Yeah. Is I mean, is so from the I mean, you have David Wayne, writer, uh, director f- from the state. Mm-hmm. Michael Showalter. Right. Uh, he also co-wrote uh, the movie with David Wayne. That's right. Michael Ian Black. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, like I said, Ken Marino. Uh, Joe Latour. Joe Latour. Yeah, I that, believe is how you pronounce his how you name. Say that. So a lot of guys from uh, the state were in this. And I think, and I think you could really tell with the way they played off each other. Oh yeah, is 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 how is that they had this l- long history in chemistry together. And it was their style of humor. It was it was very. Mm-hmm. It, it, it felt like a sketch comedy TV show. That now we have a budget and we're going to make right. a full length feature. Although it's really just kind of these encapsulated sketches right. that are loosely tied together. And sometimes that works, and sometimes it doesn't. I wasn't actually a fan of uh, Brain Candy, the Kids in the Hall movie. You ever seen that one? Are you familiar with yeah, Kids in the Hall? Yeah, I remember. I remember. I watch. I haven't. I need to go. It's one of those movies I need to go mm. back and rewatch mm. because. Do you? Well, because here's the thing: is like Kids in the Hall. Like when I first found out about that, is like I was real young because I have an older brother, and so he exposed it to me. Right. To me, and I thought I was so cool and alternative because everyone's like SNL. I'm like, no, no, man. yeah. Kids in the Hall, and then it's so what your mom watches SNL. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I'm on MTV, e- even though it's the same guy. <laughs> it really is, isn't it's it? It's Lauren Michaels. No, it wasn't MTV. It was Comedy Central. Yeah, it was Comedy there. Central. Well, it was Canada, and then Comedy Central syndicated right. it by way of yeah. Uh, so, Friends. so watching Brain Candy as a kid, watching that movie, I just loved it so much, just because it was something special for me. But I haven't gone back and watched it to see if it holds up. Uh, uh, as, now that I'm older, and I, but I like when these comedy troops do these type of movies. Yes, is because you because there is a connection there. Like you know, is you have great actors, you know, that can meet someone f- on like first day on set, mm-hmm. and they're like, okay, you know, you guys at this point have known each other like all your life. Oh yeah, and you know, yeah, is you can pull it off, but when you have people who've legitimately known each other, yes, you know, is like, is I, I also think like you could see it with like Joe Pesci and Robert De Niro. Oh you, yeah. You go back and you watch Their the first body film work. and like at the more and more the, you know, the, I think the better and better they mm-hmm. get together, you know? And so when you have that real chemistry, because, mm-hmm. because you know, your friends is, and and it it creates something else. Yeah. And I think that's what that's what really helped set this this tone uh, this movie apart is 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 you could really feel the heart with with what going into the making of this. You're absolutely right because you hear it time and time again, and that's why so many directors work with the same actors because by the time 
you know, they shoot movies out of order, and yeah. you hear stories where, like, you know, you know, the the big emotional scene at the end of the movie. Well, that was actually the first day of shooting. They had just met the week before. They had a table read the previous day, right? And now they're supposed to. And sometimes it works, and sometimes it doesn't. But yeah, I've been on projects where you really don't get a feel for it until you're halfway through, mm-hmm. and then by the time it's over, it's like, oh, I just feel like we were hitting our stride. Right. So to come into a film like this with a a, a paltry budget, uh, initially they had said five million budget, but it turns out Michael Showalter or uh, one of the other, I think David Wayne said a couple of years ago it was actually one point eight million budget, and that they inflated that number so that the distributors uh, might pick them up. That which, that doesn't surprise. That sounds like something right? they would do. Right. Exactly. That, that, you know, is that's totally in their style. But yeah, but so, so here's this troupe. They they all agree on the same sense of comedy. You don't have a producer mm-hmm. saying, "Well, I don't think that's that's playing well. I don't think it's funny enough. It's not that type of humor." No, these guys, yeah, well, know their style. They know what's funny, right? And all the per- and at this point in their careers, everyone, you know, they had done the state, and now everyone was kind of branching out, mm-hmm. still working together in films. I mean, you look at any David Wayne film. And, like, you're like, yeah, you know, he works with everyone. But they had all started to kind of get their own footing. Like, I don't know if Stella was around with uh, with uh, David Wayne, Michael Ian Black, and who's, Michael Showalter. Wait, who's Stella? Stella is – it was a show on Comedy Central. Oh. okay. With the three of them. And uh, but one. But so everyone was branching on their own. And when they come back together is I feel like, yeah, they now were stable enough to where they can be like, let's put money into this, you know, and, and let's produce it. So – you get what you just said is you don't have someone stepping in right. and being like, you guys, like let here right. here's what the executives have to say yes. and here are their notes. Our 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 testing shows that demographics yeah. don't understand this type of you know, they're just balls out. Everybody yeah. you can tell that they agree we're gonna have this this random chase scene in the middle of mm-hmm. this movie. Uh speaking of which, so to get back to my original point, man, this is gonna be tangent city, this episode <laughs> between you and me. Um so the, the, a year ago, I'm working for this company. They're doing the sales kickoff. And here's this footage. It's Wet Hot American Summer. And the scene they give me is the one where, yes, Ken Marino and Joe Latrulio is chasing him on a motorcycle. <laughs> and they wanted to replace some faces. So I'm like, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to watch this. You know, it's a little two-and-a-half-minute scene. And it was one of the funniest things because it's so completely random. Mm-hmm. Uh, it starts off, uh, Joe Latrulio's got a raft full of kids, and he's floating down a river. And they're complaining because they want one of the other camp counselors back. Uh, so he leaves them on the river, in the ra- like crawls out of the raft, hops on somebody's motorcycle that's just <laughs> randomly on the side, like some guy's tent, uh, and then starts pr- proceeds to chase him. And the way it's shot is, I mean, obviously they've gone b- beyond reality. Like this guy's on a motorcycle and, and Ken Marino's out, out running him. <laughs> but it all climaxes when uh, they're running down the road Ken Marino. I keep calling using the actor's name. Do you know the character's name? Uh, the character's name uh, is a uh, Victor. He's Victor. It, yeah. It comes across a a bale of hay in the middle of the road. Not not obscuring the entire road. Just <laughs> one section of the middle down the middle line. And he stops and he can't doesn't know what to do. And the music is dramatic. Uh, looks around. Looks to the left. And then they do the uh, the slow mo kind of bionic woman as he like jumps over this tiny. I'm telling you, it's like six inches off the ground. Yeah, it's like the type of hay you would sit at if you're right. at like a barn. Yeah, picnic, exactly for you know? a kid. And then of course the punchline is Joe Latrulio rides up in the motorcycle and he has to come to a screeching halt <laughs> because he's he can't make it over and he's. Um, so I'm watching this scene and I'm like, all right, I I, I kind of get what they're going for. I don't understand why he's being chased or or how this plays into the plot, but maybe when I see the movie a scant year later, uh, it'll all come together. Uh, so I'm watching it Saturday night and uh, Jeff, I still have no idea. 
wise. I mean, I kind of get it, but it doesn't matter. In a movie like this, the plot doesn't really matter, right? Well, as I think I think when you know is when you have the full story and you see why he's why the character Victor is running back to camp and yes. while Neil is chasing, when you have that whole story, it makes that scene even more ridiculous. True. Is I th- I think maybe we should like recap exactly. Yeah, speaking like, the, of the, the whole story, what, what the whole story Good is. Good call. Yeah, is uh, so. Do you want to recap? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Well, I'll, I'll I'll start from the beginning. So we open up. Do they give us a year? Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, the last day of camp at, in 1981. Oh, it was 81. Yeah. I ta- thought it was just totally 70s, but I no. guess early 80s feels like late 70s because they still kind of had the bell bottoms and the hairdos and the fashion. Mm-hmm. Still very, very 70s. It wasn't until mid 80s we started getting all that bullshit and the plastic and makeup. Dudes wearing right. makeup and guy liner. Um, apologies to anybody <laughs> if you're into that shit. No, um, probably not a listener. <laughs> So uh, yes, we're we're setting the tone, and it's the last day of summer camp, and we find out later they've been there for eight weeks, and uh, we hear an announcer. Did you ever go to summer camp, Jeff? No, I didn't. I didn't as a child, but my first real job out of uh, out of college was uh, videotaping, running around as a videographer for for summer camps all across the nation. Mm-hmm. So I've probably in my day been to about fifty summer camps. Wow, and. Uh, in the way that uh, David Wayne, writer of this movie, mm-hmm. he pulled from a lot of his experience at, mm-hmm. at summer camp, uh, I can say that, yes, that I've seen scenes like this play out. Oh, yeah. Is- I mean, obviously, these are hyper-real. You know, right. There weren't a bunch of crack addicts ODing <laughs> in the middle of... Uh, but but close. A lot of promiscuity. <laughs> a lot of... Uh, yeah, is... Even though I've never been to camp, mm-hmm. is everyone that I've talked to mm. that, as a kid, that went to went to camp can either relate to all of this or at least certain parts of it. And, you know, and uh, a couple years ago, uh, David Wayne did uh, a Reddit AMA. Oh. And just like when it, when the topic of this movie came up, everyone just ha- was pretty much saying the same thing, which is like, you wrote my camp experience. <laughs> like everything in wow. this, everything in this film is what I went through. At, when I was at camp, oh, Jesus, the American Camp Association would have a heart attack if they heard that that was yeah. what was going on. But it's well, true, right? Well, and that's the thing is, I've also known camp counselors, well, dude. and and they the stories I have heard from the camp counselors mimic what the camp yes. counselors were doing in this. And they're kids; they're eighteen year old kids right, like, who are, aren't even adults themselves. Is, yeah, is like whenever you give teenagers like these kids, like in this movie, I also love this technique when you get obvious grown adults. It's like. Yeah, believe they're 16. It's like, okay. Right. Uh, sure, why not? You know, but when you have kids, 16-year-olds in charge of like five and eight-year-olds, is those 16-year-olds are just barely mature enough to be like, all right, I can't make fun of these little kids, <laughs> right. no matter how mad. Like, they're barely at that maturity level. And so, of course, when all those little kids go to bed, like, shit's going to go down. Of course. And I love how it was hyper-real where it's like, didn't even matter that right. that it was in the middle of the day. Like, like yeah. some of those scenes with uh, Paul Rudd's character yes. and uh, his girlfriend in the movie Katie is like, wow, Paul, like that is really inappropriate to be doing around all these young kids, and that is a lot of tongue. I like, love it. Yes, constantly making out, constantly. Yes. And the kid. Well, the very first shot is 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 the two of the, is is uh, is the Andy and and Katie making out and Coop. Uh, Michael Showalter mm-hmm. watching them, <laughs> which is like, oh, just like so awkward. What the fuck, man? Yeah. Like, and oh my no, God. but even before that, the very first shot is like you know, uh, as, oh, as yeah, we're coming yeah. across the camp, all the all the boys, all the little boys, like sneaking out 
of the girls' camps when right. they're hearing the wake up call and going back on their own. And there's Janine Garofalo. Like, you guys aren't supposed to be in each other's bunks. Yeah, she's not even you're putting her heart in into trouble. it. She's like, done it a thousand times like, before. That and like whatever, man. It's the last day of camp. What are your thoughts on Janine Garofalo? Because she's a big part of this film. She's yeah, the camp director. I thought she did a really great job. I liked her. This is this was. I'm not sure if this predated. Uh, Truth about cats and dogs—is that what that film is called? Oh, uh, I, I know which one you're talking yeah. about. Um, oh, it's like who, her and Uma Thurman. And yeah. I can't remember who the guy is. Some British bloke. But uh, I really like that film. Sweet little romantic comedy, kind of told from uh, the other side of that. Well, not really. Uh, it's 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 cliche. But I liked her in it. I thought she was sincere. And this was before, you know, you could see her on MSNBC spouting off her, her political beliefs. Which, whether or not you agree with, and I happen to agree with some of the, the opinions she holds, certainly not to the extreme that she does, she just comes off as unlikable. She's mm-hmm. one of these people that, in, in adulthood, I don't think has been has been kind to her. Uh, she just feels jaded. Really? Yeah. I don't think she's any more jaded than Margaret Cho. Mm, well, yeah, I, I put him put them in the same category. Actually, that's okay. a, that'd be a good recast. Actually, Margaret Cho is the. Uh, uh, you know what? I I don't want to get too ahead of myself, but oh no, that, but that name did go through my head. We're gonna. I, I will say, I I I I went past it. Did you really? Yeah. Oh, interesting. I well, I can't wait, and we're gonna have to get to that sooner than later because uh, we both have audience. We both have sixteen recasts on our list. Yes. Because as you said, Jeff, who do you leave out? Right. Is is is. <laughs> You know this this cast is it's I mean I don't know how I don't know what talent you have to be to be <laughs> a casting director but whoever the the casting director for this film mm-hmm. definitely earned their paycheck wow for yes so many recognizable I mean, names okay so besides the people we've already named mm-hmm. from the state yeah Janine Garofalo Paul Rudd all the state members mm-hmm. no 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 Janine Garofalo and Paul Rudd <laughs> no are no not I'm state. saying the state members oh. and Janine oh, Garofalo I you were and Paul Rudd them. I was like. Mm. No, no, no. no. I'm not going to name them again because nobody will recognize you. Amy Poehler, uh, Bradley Cooper. Bradley Cooper, man. was fucking American Rocket Raccoon. Oh, yeah. And that, too. (laughs) (laughs) You know. uh, I got Molly Shannon. Uh, Elizabeth Banks is in this film. Yeah. Of course, Christopher Maloney. Yeah. uh, From uh, Law and Order. Law and Order. Stabler. For you. Yeah. SUV. Whatever it is. Uh, And David Hyde Pierce. Yeah. And then uh, Katie, who uh, <laughs> Margaret Moreau, who I guess who, we've never heard from again. She was she? in Firecatcher Two or something. Oh. Yeah, really. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm pulling up her IMDb. Yeah, yeah. Good luck with that. Let's see here. Best <laughs> known for what? Hot American Summer. Yes. Oh, Queen of the Dam. Firestarter okay. Two. Oh, Firestarter Two. That's what it is. She's the main role in that. All right. Of course, because she's, she's a cute face. And I knew that looking uh, the first time she appears in this movie, I'm like. I don't recognize her, and probably because she's too cute to... Yeah. Like, she's the cute girl that they had to cast in yeah. this movie. Uh, but yeah, a lot of comedic heavyweights in right. this film. Right. So, getting back to the Lots. plot of the film is... So, like we said, last day of camp, and we, we're we basically just following different camp counselors around right. on their last day, and the adventures you... And the adventures they get. And, of course, it's all... And what ties it all together is, is the camp. Right. And so, I mean, I... I guess like is would it be better just to like kind of recap the major stories of each counselor? Sure, yeah, because that's the- be- because yeah, because you know it's it's kind of like a Game of Thrones episode where it's like the story is intermingled where you're gonna pay it you're gonna stay with this group for a little bit. I see. You know, drive their story along, then switch over to this group, and so I think. Yeah, I mean, I think it might be easier if we just focus yeah. one on it. Well, that's time. the only way I can remember what everybody does, by the way, so it works out well. Yeah, the filmmakers wanted it to be like a um, uh, dazed and confused 
type of story. All happened in one day. Several characters, little mini mm-hmm. stories that all tie together. And yeah, uh, that's a. I, I feel uh, yeah, that's a fair comparison. I believe so. I uh, think fairly successful. Might be showing my hand a little early, but I do <laughs> yeah. not agree with the critics. Before we should get into this, we should mention this is another one of these movies where the disparity between critics and audiences couldn't be wider. Mm-hmm. Well, it could be wider, I guess, but mathematically speaking. But uh, gosh. Critics on Rotten Tomatoes, 31% of yep. critics when this came out in 2001. Understandable. This isn't really the type of film that like critics... Like, could it be any other way? Could they have seen a movie like this and had the forethought to say this, there's some brilliance behind... Yeah, this is, this is the type of film where I feel like the critics who didn't like it were because they're like, well, you know, I'm trained in you right. know, classic theatrics and, mm-hmm. you know, they didn't follow this rule in this shot and they didn't do this. And it's kind of like... Yeah, that was kind of the point. Is the, is, <laughs> yeah. is there's a lot there's a lot of satire mm-hmm. and a lot of parody going on, both with in with people's lives and, and and being in that point in their life, and also I feel like with you know the way the film is made, you know mm-hmm. like certain scenes, just just the way they are. I used to be one of those. Uh, I wasn't as pretentious as some guys I know, but I I was I went through a phase where I was very serious about film and cinema and the mm-hmm. arts, uh, and now I'm kind of at the point where I here's how I judge films: are they successful at what they were attempting to do? And this movie wanted you it wanted to make you laugh, uh, but it also has some heart. Wanted to make you feel something for yep. the characters. Wanted you to uh, walk out of the theater at least remembering something, grasping onto something, uh, and and telling this day in the life sort of story. Mm-hmm. And successful, in my point of view. I One of the reasons I texted you this morning and said, I don't think I could do Sharknado. <laughs> um, one, I couldn't hear half of the uh, lines in the mm-hmm. Sharknado party last night. So I know I missed a lot. Uh, maybe not a lot. But also, uh, this morning, I could barely remember <laughs> scenes from Sharknado. And yet, there were scenes from this movie that I think I will forever remember. Um so yeah, I I agree with the audience. The seventy nine percent worth of audiences on Rotten Tomatoes, uh, who think that this uh, this film is is certified fresh. Yeah, it sounds like you agree with that as well. All I right, do. so uh, we mentioned Paul Rudd. You want to start there? Yeah. Okay. Is so we'll start with Paul Rudd plays the character Andy, mm-hmm. and he, I feel like his character he is just the guy who like all the camp counselors and. Really, kind of, I think anyone who's worked or been around children that has just <laughs> that has just been like, man, I just, I just, I just don't want to give a fuck. Can't deal with these fucking kids and anymore. I, I, I just, I just, I just want to be whatever. I don't checked give, out. He is just the embodiment of every type of personality like that. Yeah, is he's just the he's the bad boy. Well, yeah, he's the bad boy. He's really the villain of this film. He kind of is. He is the <laughs> biggest. Asshole. Yeah, he doesn't really world. come around. He's I not mean, like Jug Nelson from the Breakfast there Club. Is, like he, there is no like he's a great character, yeah. but there is no arc to his character whatsoever. Deplorable. Doesn't learn a lesson about anything. It just you know he's gonna be an unapologetic yep. asshole. He's gonna fuck chicks, he's gonna you know, whatever he sees he wants in front <laughs> yes. of him and he doesn't and uh, but at at the heart of him he's just this petulant child and it plays out uh, that one scene where Janine Garofalo like he's whether they're in the cafeteria yes. and having an argument she wants him to go do something and he's trying to get out of it. Well that uh, and my favorite line of his is when uh, when he like so to prove that he's kind of an asshole is he's cheating on his girlfriend Katie. Yes, openly. W- w- openly. And like I even made a note of like does does no one want to tell Katie like how big of an asshole like 
Like, what what is going on? Like, why is no one being like, hey, Katie, right. just so you know, I just saw your boyfriend down at the dock <laughs> right. making out with hardcore. Elizabeth Banks. Like, yes. fucking, yeah, hardcore, once again. Like, I, I don't know what direction <laughs> uh, David Wayne would give Paul Rogers. It's just like, more time, no matter what you think. More time. <laughs> the seeds of them making out. Yes. But I, I, also I, think, it. I also think it's really reminiscent to, like, when you're a teenager and you think, like, oh, man, this is so hot. Yeah. And it's like, no, that is really bad kissing. You're doing it wrong. You're yeah. doing it all wrong. Absolutely. It's going to rub my tongue all over the inside of your gums <laughs> and your soft palate. Right. It's going to be hot. But my favorite line of his to prove that how childish he was mm-hmm. was when Elizabeth Bank comes up to him after eating barbecue. And she's like, oh, my God. Yes. She, she's like, you want to make out? And they kiss. She kisses him. He's no, like, not yet. No, no. Yeah, no. She kisses him. And he's like. Ooh, you taste like burgers. I don't like you anymore. <laughs> but she, it is comical. She's got barbecue yes. sauce. Like, not not a little bit on the corners. Like, half of her face <laughs> Just, is obscured. It's ridiculous. And he's trying to, like, bob and weave and dodge. <laughs> yeah, love it. Uh, so so he he's definitely the villain of this. And his and his girlfriend, Katie, mm-hmm. is, I, I mean, he, she's the love interest. She's she's the girl that our main character. Michael Showalter. Yeah, uh, the character Coop. Mm-hmm. That's who he's going after. Right. You know? And and so, but she's just so like you know. Oh, you're, you're just like God, just like every fucking I was just girl gonna I've say, met. Just j- like, oh, you're so great. You know, I'm gonna find you somebody. Yes, definitely in that friend zone. Yes, We've all been there. And and she knows that he's in the friend zone, or that's that's in her mind how she considers that there's no chance, and yet kind of leads him along. Or I don't even want to say leading. And I almost want to disagree with you when you say that Paul Rudd is the villain, only because. You could almost say that about every character in the sense that they're they're just pure, like, emotion. Like, whatever they're feeling, whatever their wants are, that's what they want. Mm. Some care less about the feelings of others. Um, But, I mean, Coop, you could all make the argument that, like, the minute he's – or that she's breaking up with – what's his name? Paul Rudd's character. Mm. Um, He's all over it. He has no – you know, there's no five day rule, or everybody wants what they want, and they're going after it, and that's what that's what teenagers are like. Man. Yeah, they're all just it's it's all just it's all know. ego. Yeah, yeah. So, but 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 that's kind of the driving plot of this is is uh, is Coop going after right. Katie. Yeah, and He's, if if there were a hero in this right. movie, he, it's definitely him. Right, and I would and I would think it's safe to say that like one of uh, Coop's good friends is uh, Michael Ian Black's character mm-hmm. uh, McKinley. Yes. <laughs> who, you know, like, he, even though Michael Ian Black, like, he plays such an important part, really, his character McKinley. Not really. Well, I mean, I he, yes, plot wise. Right, right, plot wise with some of the subplots, but like, I, the the point I'm trying to make is, he's kind of uh, maybe um, important was not the word I meant. I okay. meant more of like a background. Yes. But he was a standout background because you had these Absolutely. guys. Like Michael Ian Black and Eighty Miles and I love that guy. and uh, Zach Orth, yep. who they just kind of floated around. They didn't really. They were their own little clique. Yeah. And their whole cliques thing was was like you know being in scenes with like the bigger cliques. You're absolutely you right. Say. They didn't have their own through line. As, right. As Joe would say. Right. Right. So, uh, but so w- through the course of this film, we as one of the sli- side plots with uh, Mickey's uh, uh, Mc- Michael Ian Black's McKinley's little group is. It turns out that McKinley mm-hmm. and uh, what is his name? Bradley Cooper. Bradley Cooper, Ben, are, are, are lovers. Yes, they're hooking up. And I got to say, it's like 
there was some language in here that I was like, I don't remember it being this vulgar. Oh, the language? Well, no, like like when when AD Miles and Zach Orth find out oh. that Bradley Cooper dropping that F word. Huh? Yeah, like and I'm not talking hard. about the fuck word. Yeah. Yeah. Hard. But you know, again, it's eighty one and uh homosexuality not as openly accepted as it is in twenty fifteen. So those were the but it it's got a nice sweet ending to it. Yeah. Which we can get to, well, we might as well get to because I do want to talk about this because for me, uh, at the risk of sounding homophobic, this is the the weakest part of the film because it was the one storyline that I feel like wasn't played for laughs. Didn't necessarily have like a. I mean, there was a punchline to it. Yeah, but, but it was a punchline at the expense. Uh, I mean, like, <laughs> like I'm, I, I'm very uncomfortable watching this in my backyard on the twelve foot screen as we're seeing like as gay, gay sex basically yeah, being yeah, simulated. As, as, uh, and I and I love Bradley it. Cooper and it was from behind. it was sweet. It, it, it was really sweet because you know they're all trying to get him laid. They're trying to get uh, McKinley laid, uh, and obviously Bradley Cooper, <laughs> he's uh, opposite Amy Poehler, and all they care about is like the, the talent show. And he is <laughs> yeah. flagrantly gay at the beginning of it. I love it. He's got the pop collar. He's got the hip action. <laughs> right, like no question about him. Is it, it was more of a shock for McKinley's friends, right, and all that. Uh, but yeah, Amy Poehler. And Bradley Cooper never would have thought they would be a good right? like comedy team. Yeah, he's fantastic. Holy shit! Like I believe the note I had was like, yeah, their characters, uh, Ben and Susie. My note was Ben and Susie just never made it big in Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> Which, like the way they play it, yeah, especially Amy Poehler. She's great. I, I mean, she she did <laughs> smaller part once again, but like still is is. Each, even though they're small parts, they still shine with <laughs> with how these actors portray them, and the way she portrays this this woman who is just like, look, I know you guys are a bunch of fucking kids, yep. <laughs> but guess what? Here's what Bring your it. fucking A game yeah, right. and leave your bullshit. This is about me, and this is not about you. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I also love how she tries to keep taking producer credit. Yeah, Bradley Cooper has to keep correcting <laughs> her. He's like producer, <clears throat> a director, yeah. choreographer. Okay. Yes. Yeah, they, they were a great team. I love the characters. Right, and uh, definitely going to be a stage mom. And then I guess yeah. you, I guess going back to the beginning of the show mm-hmm. is going back to uh, Ken Marino and uh, and Joe Latoya. Joe Latrulio. Latrulio. Yeah, we'll get it. <laughs> their 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 side story is like the only one that doesn't really interact with. Yeah. With the other like little groups that happen, I would argue that the Molly Shannon story, which really she doesn't even have somebody to play against. Well, she has a nine-year-old kid to play against. <laughs> yes. Okay, but but so, but so the it's whole very self-encapsulated. But the whole subplot for I get it for uh, for the characters uh, Victor and Neil, mm-hmm. you know Ken and Joe, is you know is Ken, or you know, sorry, I'm, that's his actor name, Victor. Uh-huh. He is just. The typical like oversexed guy. Yeah, like the very the very first thing that he sees, he's like, "Hey, are you talking to Katie? Yeah, she want to fuck me? (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) like is that what you guys were talking about? She want to fuck me? He's like, not what we're talking about at all. It's like, oh well, tell her I want to fuck. No, (laughs) don't tell her I want to fuck her. Tell her, in fact, I (laughs) like cut to them in the lunch line, and he's like, oh, look at her. She want look at Abby. Abby wants to fuck me. Yeah, is is just one of he's just one of those guys, and so uh, 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 Janine Garofalo's character Beth camp counselor you know um tells uh, tells victor's like hey you gotta take the little kids yep. on our overnight raft made trip. a promise yeah and he's like no it's the last day of camp i want to get laid and she's like no just <laughs> go on the camp 
And as they're getting ready to leave, is that's when uh, what is her name? Uh, Abby. Yes. Abby comes up. Camp slut. Yeah, and I love that this is a theme throughout the movie, and we first see it here. Is they're standing by the van, getting ready to leave, and Abby comes up and she's like, "Hey, hey." You got to stick a gum? <laughs> the gum, yeah. I thought you'd never ask. <laughs> and just like, okay, like uh, asking for a stick of gum yep. equals making out. She gets a piece, he gets, gets a, a piece. piece and chew then for a couple seconds, fresh breaths. All right, let's suck face. Let's <laughs> do it. Yeah. And so Camp Slut is just like, you know, <laughs> grabs his junk. He's like, all right, let's do this. She's like, I can't. And that's why he is oh, that's why he's right. running back of you course know, going back to why what you were saying at the beginning oh, i get the motive i get why he's running but it's 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 pretty tenuous that uh, joe latrulia would chase him down on a stolen motorcycle to get him to eh, to get him see, to come back to the kids on the raft that he left in but the middle you, of the but river. you see that's one of those things that i was talking about earlier where it's like this is parroting you know other movies because other movies yes. have had these ridiculous chasings and 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 this is what makes i think this comedy work on so many levels yeah is because you know obviously all this satire and then you know you have this parody of like really bad 80s action movies yeah you know i believe even in that even in that chase there is an explosion there yeah there's that uh yeah there are a lot of uh you're, you're right talking about the parody because the whole david hyde pierce Side story with the we'll uh, the satellite. No, no, but I'm just saying that's totally like its yeah. own little '80s movie that they play out on in, in the summer camp. No, I get it. No, no, you still winning me. The more I think about it, the more you're winning me over. And I'll tell you something else that has occurred to me: why I think this movie is so uh, successfully funny is that there are enough things going on. You have enough time to kind of forget the setup. And mm. there's a setup that happens early, early in the movie that doesn't get paid off. Until like literally after the credits, yep. or during the credits, um, and then the same thing with the kids on the raft. Like that scene is played out with him on the motorcycle, and they're back at camp. You totally forget about the kids on the raft until they call back to it, and then it's you know, again, it's it's another '80s trope. They got right. to go back and see right, exactly. Um, um, so yeah, I, I feel like their storyline was good, and I'm glad that they they didn't try to do more with it because. You know, it was one of the weaker ones, and it didn't really intertwine with all the other ones. Yeah. And they could have made a real big mistake by being like, "Let's stretch this out even more." Right? It's like it was what it was, and mm-hmm. it just needed to be there as a small part, and it add and and it added more to it than it than it took away from the film. Safe to say that almost all of the the B you can even call them B plots. They're D in E plots because there's yeah. so many of them going on. Yeah. Z plots. Um, safe to say that none of none of them really overstay their welcome. They, they, they get in there, you mm-hmm. get the setup. And that's a critique that you hear from a lot of like movies, SNL sketches that are turned into movies. Right. Ladies, man. It's great in a 90-second skit, but how do you stretch that out? The, the, the successes of that are, are kind of few and far between. Um, and usually when they are stretched out, it's, 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 it, it weakens the brand, as you would say, of that particular sket, yeah. uh, or sketch. No, I definitely agree with you on that. So, uh, yeah, there's a better way to do it. Just get a bunch of sketches right. and loosely tie them together. Right, but also the, the sketches you know is when they do tie in is and this goes to showing like you know you, you when you think of a comedy like this you don't think of brilliant writing but when you really look at at how you know even though it's a d or e subplot mm-hmm. is when it comes back around and it does finally make that tie in yeah is it really makes a strong tie in and really like you know it's like okay this was a fun nice way to progress right. the storyline 
and and get from one one scene to another. Yeah. You know, and and that that's why it's hard to that's why we have 16 you know <laughs> recasts. I know cuz who do you leave out? And we yeah. didn't even do any of the kids. There's no. notable kids. Yeah. I love the uh the one kid who's uh the the radio DJ for the camp yeah. radio Be- DJ. Uh was it a beekeeper? Yeah. Oh yeah, he's the beekeeper yeah. and he's got his he's the first voice we hear uh, in this movie cuz he's like, you know, welcome camp what's the name of the camp? Camp uh, Firewood. Yeah, Camp Firewood. <laughs> <laughs> um oh, which by the way I should mention this was filmed in an actual camp in Maine. Um, and uh, the camp directors apparently thought that they were making a family film, which is what <laughs> you do when you're making a raunchy like comedy and your camp's going to be used in it. You don't really – you stress the truth, or you uh, you omit some things yes. from your description. Uh, apparently they were mortified, the camp directors, uh, wow. when they saw this film and what it actually was, this, this rated R raunchy comedy. Uh, but there you go. Right. Um, uh Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say is we should probably touch on uh, mm-hmm. David Hyde Pierce and Janine Garofalo's yeah, story. Might as well because those they are actually the top two build actors. Yes. Even though I don't feel like the movie centers around them. No, but they were the biggest names at the time. He was right. This is right in the middle of Frasier, right? Yeah. Well, two thousand one. So it probably gone off the air by then, maybe. But I, yeah, I, I show one like the best comedy Emmy every year for like five years. Right. I don't know. Right. If I agree with that. A lot of snooty people with their noses up in the air, putting oh, wow. Frasier above uh, such other overlooked gems. Kind of glad to, to know that I'm not the only one that feels that no, way. No, of course not. Yeah. Two guys are going to a pizza place, not that, recognized. That's <laughs> or maybe that's a bad example, but I do love that show. <laughs> no. But yeah, they, they, they kind of loosely tie all these other right, side stories is, together. Right, is, right, is because, like we said, she's the camp counselor, so, she, so making Janine Garofalo top build makes sense. Because the camp counselor is what everything ties back into. Yeah. Is she's the main focal point? Because all the all the camp counselors have to eventually come back to her, mm-hmm. you know. And they give her her own little side plot with a love interest of David Hyde Pierce, yep. who does a. I think this is like some of his best stuff ever. Yeah, you know, well, he's playing. <laughs> A form of Niles. He's a nerdy uh, he's what, a, astrophysicist, right? Yeah, he's an associate professor, uh-huh. which means he's less than. <laughs> I like that line. Yes. The kids just hug him. I know. He's having a good old cry. But yeah, so what is he? He's he's uh, summering out there. He's got a cabin adjacent yeah. to the summer camp. Which, you know, just like <laughs> seeing the placement, like even though I've never been to summer camp, yeah, is I've you know, I've seen pictures and like I went to like, you know, a Boy Scout like overnight camp one time yeah. when I was in the Boy Scouts. You don't really have a summer house like right, right there. There are fences, sometimes yeah. psychological, but usually physical fences. There yes. are barriers and there are definitely this is campgrounds where no one is allowed. And yeah. you, you, if you're like a middle aged man summering, you don't want to be next to a summer camp with kids screaming. No, all you, day. you absolutely Unless don't. Unless you're. Yeah, which we're all thinking. Which, which was saying. brought me to my other point. Oh yep. shit! Uh, Let's put that anywhere. <laughs> which was like, is you know, is when we when Janine Garofalo and David uh-huh. Hyde Pierce first meet, is you know, uh, Beth Janine Garofalo's character Beth is like, oh, you know, I have a group of kids that would really enjoy your stuff, and I love the exchange. Where she's like, no, I, I just can't do it. And she's like, come on, come on. Come on. It's like, no, I can't. Come on. Dude, I said no. <laughs> he just bursts out at her. Blink, blink, flips out of nowhere. Yeah. It's just, I love that. But then, you know, he's like, okay, thinks about it. And he walks into the dining hall mm-hmm. and it's just like, hey, no one knows me. 
Where's this group of boys I've been hearing about? Yeah, where are the like, kids who uh, who the, stay indoors? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love that. It's like the nerdy science. What? The indoor kids? Oh. Yep. Yeah. Point <laughs> to that table. Which, that was like the, the only other thing I was like. <sighs> no, but there were definitely, there was there were kids like that at every camp that I visited. No, no, no. My thing is like, no one's like, who? Oh, right. Who, Stranger. Who, who knows this yeah. guy? Yeah, again, it was a simpler time back in the 80s. We didn't, uh, we, we, we trusted our elders. There was no stranger danger back then. Um, but, yeah, that's uh, – and so they have their little side plot, which is um, he's teaching them all about astrophysics. Right. And it uh, turns out they discover that there's a, a satellite, a Skylab satellite that's falling out of orbit, and he's uh, he's pinpointed that it's going to fall directly on the camp. Uh, and that just kind of serves for some uh, third act yeah. Um, well, action. yeah, because this whole, this whole time is all these subplots is we keep hearing about – you know, going back to uh, to Bradley Cooper and Amy Poehler's character is the whole big thing is the talent show tonight. Last mm. last night at camp, right. and we're doing a talent show, and so like that's that's kind of where they try to bring everyone back together yep. for the climax. Of Everyone's going to be in one place at this yes. one time. Yes, and they're doing the talent show, which with the funniest and also like these are. Kids. Kids and like the shit that they are being heckled with. Yes. <laughs> Fuck, man. Like, that's why kids like just have so many problems. But there is something about w- w- <laughs> just something that just makes it so funny because it is kids and yeah. it's. It's horrible, and I love how like the, all the, the rest of the campers and the camp counselors are just like it's the funniest thing, like yes. over the top. And yes, like, well, this isn't really all that funny, but again, in this world, right? Um, it it kind of makes sense, right? So so this is this is the point where everyone's coming back together, and uh, it kind of starts off with uh, Ken Marino, Victor coming up and finding Abby. Yep, and what is Abby doing? Making out with some other dude with AJ, right? No, with <laughs> she's making out. Well, she banged him earlier. It's implied, right? Right. Yeah. But she's making out with the little blonde headed kid oh, that's right. at the that at the beginning of the film that that's yelled, right. "Wake up!" Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I just love how she turns around. And she's like, "Oh, you're gonna think this is really shallow of me, but what's your name again?" <laughs> and I love that. Like, bam, that's the end of that storyline. Like, yeah, that, yeah. That's it, and then we go, and then we go back into. Uh, oh my God, we totally forgot about. Um, There's a lot we haven't talked about. Yeah, and it, we're 45 minutes into this podcast. Yeah, is, we thought it was going to be a short one. Yeah, is we totally skipped over Gene's Gene side character. Who? Gene, uh, Christ- the- Christopher uh, Milani, the cook, the chef. Oh shit! Oh yeah, we're gonna get him. Yeah, 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 yeah. Is <laughs> the the the, uh, the post traumatic stress <laughs> syndrome uh, probably. Gosh, every time we talk about a character, I want to say this is my favorite character or this is my favorite scene. Mm-hmm. But everybody kind of has their moments, and yeah, his character basically he's one of these. Uh, yeah, he's 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 the Earl Arlie Ermy of uh, of of this camp. He's right. the cook. He yells at everybody. Very stern. He's been right. a nom. Right, and he always throw like he will sit there and yell at you like a drill sergeant. Right. And then as soon as he's done, he's like, I'm gonna go fondle my sweater. Yeah, the so very like, last thing he'll squeeze in like uh, like a Freudian slip. Yes. And, and, uh, what and, did you just say? Yeah, and he's like, uh, n- nothing. And he'll, he'll always rhyme with it, too. I yeah. mean, I was going to go, uh, oh, I can't remember what they are now. But uh, yeah. he, there's three. He does it three times, of course, because the rule of threes. Mm. And every time he's like, no, no, you, ju- you just said you were going to go fondle your sweaters. Yeah. And the last one is uh, humping the fridge, yeah. right? And that, and that, and that's when uh, the can of mixed vegetables, voiced by- What the fuck? Voiced by John H. <laughs> that's when you're just like, 
all right, like this is when like you know like at, yeah, this is at this point in the movie you yeah. either bought in, you're all in, you pot committed, or it's just not your cup of tea. And I gotta be honest, like I might judge people who don't like this movie. Okay. Will I watch it again? I'll catch it if it's on cable again. I don't know. This is an appointment viewing. Oh, really? But wow. I'm so glad I saw it. This is definitely appointment, appointment viewing, viewing for you. Yeah. yeah. I, I do want to see it again. I, I, I put this in the Big Lebowski category, which it's like, it's, it's something that you can put on. And for that matter, um, Days Confused, because there are so many little mini stories going along. You don't have to get involved in this right. two-hour epic. Um, and, you're al- and it's always going to make you laugh. Mm-hmm. Th- there are scenes in this movie that I don't know how many times I... I, they will. They will never get tired. Get right. bored of. Uh, uh, okay, so I guess. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. We kind of. Su- yeah, yeah. We kind of summed up uh, Christopher Maloney's side in the character. Is that's kind of the height of He's his. He's good. The, right. The, the, the so, oh, go ahead. So, so we're back at the talent show then, and right. and, um, and Michael Showalter's character mm-hmm. has Who? has been training with 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 Christopher Maloney because mm-hmm. of course. It's making fun of an '80s movies, so you have a montage. I have the montage and scene. Every mo- and every and every thing you saw from an '80s movie in a montage was there. Is you had slow motion running with yep. losing at first and then at the end winning yep. the race. Yep. A dance sequence. That's right. Yep. I mean, just like what the hell, man? And and the and a martial arts like of course, you know, just strengthening your mind. So like <laughs> all those big montages that you've seen in 80s movies were encapsulated in like like 30 45 seconds. And I I love how at the end of that when we finally see him trained, he's because um what's the what's the cook's name? The Christopher Maloney's character? Uh, uh, Gene. Gene, Gene. Gene. He's he's always wearing this belly shirt. Yes. And you see his exposed hairy belly. And of course, when Coop is is now the student has become the master, he's adopted that same half belly shirt. It's like, yep, perfect. You no, know, I never picked up on. That. No, really? Yeah. yeah that was but but now that you say that, wow. See a lot of little Easter eggs in this movie for you. It, Maybe it, this is a, it, a rewatchable. It really film. is, is because that was something I was going to touch on after we got done summarizing. Is uh, so so he's done with his montage and he walks in and everyone's just oh, mm-hmm. like you know just blown away. And now the hot chick is all yeah. into him because yeah. he's the bad boy. And it, he plays like. The cool move of being like, hey, just letting you know, getting out of here. I wanted you to have this. You know, hands her a little box and then just walks out. And then, you know, she opens the little box and in true, like, David Wayne, like, comedy fashion, pulls out his uh, his flannel shirt. Yep. I mean, it's like a, the box that you'd put, like, a bracelet in. Yeah, I love it. And pulls out an entire, like, you know, XL flannel shirt. Because yeah, I had a moment earlier yeah. where she gave him a shirt. That's actually a funny scene, too, where yeah, he, take my sweater and take my shirt. I actually need it back now. Now I'm cold. cold. And he's like, well, now I'm, you know, okay, well. <laughs> Playing against doing? type. You know? And so I really liked, uh, I really liked how, how, you know, they seem to be, you know, okay, the guy gets the girl. Mm-hmm. Or know? so you think. So you think. And so then they cut back into the talent show where Michael Showalter is playing the MC. Yeah, yeah. And is doing a really bad stand-up routine oh. and then gets really into it when he's talking about it. He's like, when I was at camp, it was so long ago. And, just right. like, just, and he's killing, too. Everybody's. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things where it's really bad jokes. Right. And if it was real life. It would be very awkward and uncomfortable. Tomatoes being pelted, right? Out. But you know the fact that it's really bad, and they th- and they're thinking, you know, playing off that it's really funny mm-hmm. is that's what makes it all really funny in that. And uh, of course, uh, you have uh, David Hyde Pierce and all the kids. 
they're now outside of the talent show, right. saving the the camp, trying to save the camp yeah, from from the the Skylab satellite the, that's the coming Skylab. out of orbit. Right. Which for I could have sworn, and of course uh, I should have known, but uh, I thought maybe for a second there that it was all a game, and he was like teaching the kids and trying to get them excited mm-hmm. about something and finding and and. Uh, and then I was like, oh, that's that's kind of a – it's going to turn out that there was no satellite and it was just oh, part yeah. of a – oh, you know, it's an educational experience. We saved the day. Uh, but then, no, actually, the satellite falls from – and that must have been an expensive prop. Like yeah. for, a, for a film with a paltry budget of $1.8 like I feel like a couple hundred thousand of that were uh, were spent on that prop and rigging it into a tree and falling. Yeah. I was impressed by that. Yeah. <laughs> All right, do we want to sum up the rest of the characters we haven't talked about? Do you have more to say about that? Well, one I mean, we yeah, on? okay, so you don't want to go to the very end yet when everyone's leaving? No, let, let's do it since we're almost there, okay. and then we'll, we'll touch on the people yeah. that we've missed. Yeah, is, is so, okay, so we'll sum that up really quick. Is Finish the talent show. Loved how someone does a beautiful rendition of Day by Day, and everyone boos them. Right. Yeah, I, I love that because <laughs> that's supposed to be the moment where yeah. everybody's quiet and listening and introspective. Yeah. Well, and everyone. And what I love is everyone while the song is playing, everyone's singing along. Yeah, and enjoying it thoroughly. It. And then, like, as soon as it's <laughs> over, just immediately boo. boo. <laughs> See, they zig when you think they're gonna zag. I know. It always keeps you on your toes. Yeah. And then you. Ha- we were introduced earlier to this one character, like Steven, who is the kid that talks to nobody. He is talks it, like a robot. Yeah, is in his own little world. No social skills. And, you know, so Beth had convinced him to do the talent show. Mm-hmm. And so he's booked last, and his last talent is to just, like, a huge gust of wind <laughs> within there. <laughs> Completely right. And the gust of wind is one of my favorite scenes really because like because as we stated everyone is now back together in mm-hmm. this you know with the exception of of coop and katie they're outside A- yeah every, everyone else is, is and in David there Pierce and right jenny grufflin right so everyone else is inside and there's just this gust of wind and you cut to each character and you see paul rudd who is just like, yeah, like waving his hair and starts right. air guitar yep, in. I love that. And then you cut to uh, Elizabeth Banks' character, Lindsay and Abby. And, and like, making out. They just start making out. <laughs> and that. then like you you see Michael Ian Black's uh, little group of people, and they're just sitting there like, whoa. Yep. Like, you know, just in, awestruck. Awestruck. Meanwhile, yeah, David Hyde Pierce and the indoor kids are outside think, th- throwing a, a uh, 20-sided die. So as, as their random oh, number generator. Right. Yeah. So that way, and transmitting the random numbers to the satellite so it scrambles it mm-hmm. and misses the... Misses oh, I can't believe the, you remember all that. Oh, yeah. I told you. I love this movie. <laughs> misses, uh, misses where the talent show right. is being held. And I just, w- and w- one of the things that I love is like after they're done, they're like, hey, so do you guys think it was us or do you think it was that giant gust of one that came out of nowhere? <laughs> yeah, I love that. Yeah. And there's like, no, nah, it was us. It was us. It was <laughs> yeah. us. And uh, <laughs> and then we just cut to the next day where everyone's parents are showing up. Yep. And I think this has quite possibly the most realistic teen movie ending ever. Oh, interesting. Is So everyone's saying their goodbyes. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, the last we had seen of Coop and Katie was they were together. And mm-hmm. so you see Coop. Oh, yes. You see Coop coming up and he's like, you know, hey, so let's get up in the city next weekend. I'll talk to my right. parents. You talk to your dad. Yeah. This is the part of Karate Kid where it's like, yeah. oh, she's she's giving up the bad boy for. This is where it turns and becomes the most realistic <laughs> ending to any teen movie. Yeah, a little too real. And that is when Katie's like, 
Yeah, yeah, about that. Yeah, you're a great guy. <laughs> I mean, I really like you. You're really nice. But I'm just about sex. I'm really about sex right now. Specifically with, with him. And, <laughs> yeah. Specifically with Andy and not with you. <laughs> so I'm going to go with Andy and we're going to have sex. <laughs> and like, Okay, thanks. Bye. Yeah, it's like, yeah. okay. And like, meanwhile, Paul Rudd, Andy, has like pulled up in his dad's car with like leaning out the back window. like... Come on, let's, let's go. go. <laughs> I love that he's so And 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 that's that's kind of how it ends. Is then like it's a it's a wide shot, you know, uh coming up. That's right. And you just see Michael Showalter and Gene Ruffalo just be like, "Hey, buddy. Mm-hmm. It's all right." And th- and that's how it ends. And like Roll credits. Yeah, and I and uh, I th- I like I said I love this movie, but th- there are so like going back to what you were saying a second ago now mm-hmm. that we've kind of summarized it all. Mhm. There are a lot of Easter eggs in in here. Yeah, what do you got? Is is so uh, there's one point in the film where uh, when uh, David Hyde Pierce and Jeanine Garofalo first meet, and she and you know she's like they're talking about what they do and what all goes into it, mm-hmm. and she kind of gets flustered and she's like, oh, I, I have to leave. I have to go meet. Um, oh wait, I, I wrote down the guy's name. Oh wow, is I have Third. to go. I have to go meet uh, Jim Stanzel. So, if you're a fan oh. of David Wayne, go back and watch any movie he wrote and directed. And every single time, someone either mentions or is named Jim Stansel. Oh. Is that is something that he puts in every one of his films. Huh. It's like the Vincent Vega family from right. the Quentin Tarantino universe. Exactly. Vega everywhere. Right. Is, is so... so just go back, and it's 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 really funny how he brings that into everything. When you know about it, and then once you know about it, and you go back and you watch his other films, you're like, huh. "Oh, there it is." Because just like in this film, it's just sometimes it's just real quick, it's offhanded, away, huh? you know. I love those, but it's in every single one, you know, <laughs> uh, of the of the films that that he has at least you know uh, been in charge of. You, you did just remind me. Did you have any more? Oh, oh no, you, you okay. can go ahead. You reminded me of. Uh, I know I've I've said like every scene's my favorite, but this actually might be the sequence where they go into town. Oh yes, because yes. Beth decided she needs to impress David Hyde Pierce. He's an astrophysicist. I don't know anything about that. I'm gonna go to the library and figure it out. Um, and David Hyde Pierce is doing the exact same thing about camp directors. In fact, there's that nice shot in the library where we dolly, and she's reading a book from the astro- astrophysicist section. Right. And then you see like camp director there's section like, right next to it. <laughs> this is like oh okay. Yeah, like there's a camp director section, <laughs> but uh, they go into town and. Again, this is the part of the movie where you're, you're either in or you're out. Yes, because yes. it go it it shit gets crazy, and within the span of they play fast and loose with the time too. Mm-hmm. Like it starts off and it's like noon, right? Right, and then like tons of things will happen. The scene is progressed, and then it's like oh, it's only twelve thirty now. And so right. this is another one of those where they're only in town for an hour, but uh, they start doing drugs and they they get beer, right? And then they just turtle totally like OD, and then they, next thing you know, they're in this heroin they, they crack t- house. They completely did, and like I don't know if it was on purpose, mm-hmm. but I noticed they completely did. Like if you look at like when you're a kid growing up, the line of um of like the gateway drugs. Oh like, yeah. This leads to this and then oh, this yeah. leads to starts off with cigarettes and they then alcohol. T- they totally did that. Is <laughs> you first you see them, they're smoking cigarettes and it looks like they're going to get caught by Beth and then she's like, "Ah, oh, no, just give me one." Right. And then they go and they steal two six-packs right. 
and then they're in the park smoking weed, and then they go in the alley, and they're buying blow. Well, then they're, like, beating up, like, an old lady for her purse to steal (laughs) money. Right, right. And so they buy the blow, and then you see them rob an old lady. Yeah. And then just cut to a fucking, like... dilapidated house. Yes. And everyone's just laying on the ground. Comatose, yeah. Yeah, like, something you saw out of, like, Breaking Bad or The Wire when they go inside, like, you know... Coop's got the uh, the thing around his arm where he's about to inject. Everyone has tie-offs, and, like, it's just ridiculous sores <laughs> on their face and like but that's Dave Wayne's comedy yeah, it's man it's hilarious it's like you, that is a moment where it's like if you're not laughing at this yeah you just turn it off and they go back to town and it's like nothing happened yeah and they come like, back hey to remember camp. when we went to town yeah I love that <laughs> man that was crazy they just come back to town it's so great to get out of camp even if it's just an hour right yeah yeah so I, I don't I don't know uh, really what else to, to say about this. Uh, well, let's finish the characters we haven't talked about. Oh, okay. About. So we're who haven't about we talked cook. about? We, we kind of touched on Molly Shannon, but basically she's an arts and crafts teacher mm. who apparently has gone through a recent divorce and just has like a mental breakdown in yes. front of uh, art class. Uh, and then uh, find some solace in an unlikely uh, source. And in, in, in a nine-year-old, a nine-year-old boy. boy. But it, it, which starts off funny because he's wise beyond his years and he's giving mm. her f- – and then it turns into uh, he's giving her back rubs. And then finally when the ex-husband does show up at the end. And Played the, by the, uh, Judah Freelander. Judah Freelander shows up and uh, he's there to pick up the pieces. And then, yeah, the last scene when everyone's going home at the uh, – from camp, right? Uh, he's she's leaving with him, so that's kind of her arc. It's funny. I, I love yeah. it. Probably, in my opinion, the weakest of these side stories. But again, at this point, you can uh, of the ten or twelve stories that are going on, if one or two is weak, that's fine. It's right. Like the, it's like the weather in Texas. You know, wait five minutes and right. change. Uh, who else have we not talked about? I really think that's. I think you're right. I think I we think, touched I think on that's everybody. It. Well, there is the nurse. She. <laughs> I mean, she has she the one line. Yeah, like she, you know, she's. It looks like in the show she's going to be a bigger part. I hope. Well, I, I mean, I would imagine as an actress you wouldn't sign on if all you're going to be doing is knitting and and buying lube for your. It's for my pussy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I mean, yeah. So I I don't really think I don't know. All right. Uh, so well, I think we're at the part of the show then, right. Joe. Joe. Jeff. See, that's how that's how in tune I am with you. It's like he's still here in the room. Uh, where Joe would ask you uh, what you think this movie did right. Casting. Yeah. Absolutely. Casting and writing. casting director needs a raise. Yeah, casting and, and writing is absolutely, is, is I, I definitely think it's it's that. Yeah, it is, yeah. It is well done. Uh, what about you? I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a more general, yes, it's funny, yes, it's well written, and you write the cast, um, un, un, unparalleled really as far as comedies go. Um but uh, for me, it's 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 the heart. I love I love where the tone of this movie was because it's it's very silly. Mm-hmm. But at the end of it, there are some moments where you kind of feel. I mean, like you know, when when Bradley Cooper and even Michael Black are kind of having their little wedding, you're like, oh, that's sweet. And then at the end, when we have the payoff with, you know, the guys who were using the f word yeah. earlier, think they're homophobes, and uh, they got them that piece of furniture that they were yeah. talking about. They're like, no, we're cool with it, man. Yeah. So that's sweet. The the beekeeper, the radio, the kid who's uh, broadcasting mm-hmm. radio, which we find out later. He's not broadcasting at all. They yeah. did that nice shot where the camera tilts yeah, down. And his microphone's plugged all in. Of his, all of his equipment just wires, loose yeah. wires. Um, but the whole running joke with him and Ian Michael Black is saying, hey, mm. you got to take a shower. Your parents are coming to pick you up. You know, you haven't showered in two weeks. Got to take a shower. Got to take a shower. And then there's just that last little montage where they pick him up out of the chair, all the camp counselors. Right. And this is one of those moments that I've seen play out at several summer camps. And that's really where I- I'm probably not going to have kids. But were I to have kids... I would totally send them to summer camp because right. you, you get something there that I don't think you get in school. Um, and it, it it 
it just kind of encapsulated it in that scene. And I was so yes, it's funny. Yes, there's a great cast. Yes, the the writing is is off the wall. But at the at the end of the day, there's some heart, there, and you you feel something for these characters. Mm-hmm. So that that's what I think it, it did right. What about uh, did it do anything wrong for you? I know you love it so. It is really the only thing that I mean that I I kind of wish they did is there were some subplots that I wish kind of were flushed out a little bit more. Yep. You know, it's like this this is like a 90, 96 minute runtime. It's mm-hmm. like I feel like you could have you know flushed out a little bit more right. of some of the side plots like 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 going back to what i said you know with uh with um uh ken marino's side plot oh, victor yeah victor victor side plot is you know yeah it's funny that he runs back to camp and then he just sees you know see, sees the girl that he's been after and she's making out with someone else but it's like I kind of also really wish, you know. I know, that yeah, because it was the whole thing was he was a virgin, and uh, yeah. but he was making himself out to be a big, big yeah. player. And you know, I kind of wish that they had flushed that out. I would have liked to seen some of the goodbyes at the very end when all the parents are there and everyone's getting in the cars. Is I would have liked to seen like a little bit more time spent with some of the other people. Like, I, like, like I would have liked to see like, okay, now that Bradley Cooper and Michaeline Black have done their commitment right, ceremony, yeah. like. They're just like are, go back to their own cities yeah, and never know, see each other again. You know, right? yeah. is you know, is like is we tie up, you know, Katie and Cooper. We mm-hmm. uh, we tie up um, <laughs> we tie up uh, Janine Ruffalo and David Hyde Pierce, of course. Mo- and then just Molly Shannon's little thing with <laughs> the that nine year old boy and Andy. Yeah, yeah, and it's kind of like yeah, yeah. It it, it could have had some other. I bet know. they were all shot. And it was just decided, like, hey, we're at the end of the movie. The movie's over. It's 97 minutes long. It's a comedy. Right. Let's let's wrap it up. We don't need to see every. I'm with you, though. I'm sure that shit's on the cutting room floor. And maybe that's why, and they'll get a chance to do this. We haven't really talked too much about it. But, yeah, we're doing this movie because it is summer, but mm-hmm. also because this is being turned into an original Netflix series where yep. they have 13 episodes starting uh, this uh, weekend. No, well, it comes out uh, July. Yeah, yeah, yeah. July thirty first. July thirty first. Right? So if you listen to this this week, it's it's coming up this week. And mm-hmm. if you enjoyed this movie, I can only imagine there's going to be more. Yeah, this, this could go wrong very easily. Well, I is think. but here's the here's the plus side, is with the original or with the series, it's the original cast. True. <laughs> Everybody really. Everyone's coming back. I'm like I am a little bit nervous that they're adding more characters. Like you know, know, and like I'm kind of like. But you know, but the thing is, is they all have already have that connection, so they they'll probably be able to play off of it. And I I have a lot of faith in David Wayne and and Michael Showalter's writing. And I I you know I, f- I feel like he's a he can you know when he really puts his you know yeah. puts his mind to it he can he tells some really good compelling stories. I agreed. I tell you though, I oh, I am a little worried. Um, the point I brought up earlier about hey you know this is a movie. It's okay, you know. These are these are smaller sketches. It's when you try to stretch the sketches out mm-hmm. that sometimes they lose their their effect. Um, yeah, and it's weird that it could potentially happen in reverse. Usually, it's you know a five minute sketch that gets turned into a feature film. This time, it's a feature film that's being turned into a season. Now they're going to have thirteen hours worth. No, is it a half hour show? I, I don't know. I don't know the length. It's got to be episode. a half an hour show for. I, I would imagine. I mean, again, we're in the age of Netflix and streaming. It doesn't have to be twenty two minutes the way it used right. to be. So who knows how long they'll be? Right. Because we'll all find out this weekend. But I'm just worried that there may not be enough material. Or, and, and this kind of brings me to what I think this movie did wrong. Not necessarily wrong. Wrong is a strong word. That's just what we use here on the editing bay. But um. This movie, what, what, when it's doing its comedy right, it pushes the envelope. It, it does that thing where it's like, this is funny, 
funnier, ups the ante, and then it gets to the point where maybe you pushed it too far, but then they push it just that little bit further, and it's like, okay, it's funny again. I, right. I, it, 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 it completed that cycle. Um, and it doesn't always do that. And I got to tell you, as much as I love Gene, the cook's character, mm. that scene, the big speech that he has, which is great. I think it went on a little long. And then he starts humping the fridge, and I'm like, I, I get it, it's funny. I felt like his character maybe had a little more screen time than I would have liked to have seen. Really? Uh, yeah, yeah, I, mean, I don't know. I, I, I He's simultaneously my favorite character, but also I feel like I could have seen less of him on the right. screen. I got you. I, I feel like less was more with him. I got you. Um, but, you know, so that's that's I'm worried about the, uh, the show, but I'm going to watch it, especially now having seen the movie. I feel like I'm prepared. Uh, and if you're a fan of this film, uh, you know, log it. Add it to your queue, your list on Netflix when we mm. see. All right, so let's get to this because, Jesus, we have a lot to go through. Yeah. And I'm not going – I'm just going to have to do these rapid fire in the same with you because okay. uh, All right, we're so coming on an hour now. We should – you want to try to ping pong these? Uh, if you want to. You know I love to ping pong. We all might right. as well as long as we're talking about the same character. So I'm assuming right. we probably did all the same ones. I'm, I'm sure. Uh, who do you want to start with? Uh, I figured we'd start uh, like kind of like bottom up. Yeah, starting you know? from the bottom. Now we're here. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, first off, uh, Lindsay Elizabeth Banks' character yeah. is uh, I recasted uh, Vanessa uh, Bayer Bayer from SNL and the new Amy Schumer movie Trainwreck. Oh, I love her. Yeah. Ooh, nicely done. She could do that. Uh, yeah. I recast Kelly Cuoco Penny from uh, Big Bang Theory. Oh, okay. Uh, in the Elizabeth Banks, because she's got to be bubbly and make out with other girls. I got gotcha. you. fine with. All righty. And then uh, I did uh, Abby. Yep, Abby. The, the, the slut. The girl she makes out with. Is, uh, I put in, I thought she would do this really well, from Brooklyn Nine-Nine, Chelsea Peretti. <gasps> I fucking love her. Yes. Oh, that's a great idea. I love <laughs> Chelsea Peretti. She would do that well. Uh, maybe not as well as Olivia Munn, though. How about Olivia Munn? And everybody kind of, uh, she gets a little bit of slut shaming as it is already, which I do not agree with. I'm actually a big fan of Olivia Munn. Okay. I don't know why everybody hates her. Okay. Uh, but I think she's got some acting chops and some comedy chops. All right. Her flux those a little bit. How about the uh, Ken Marino character, Victor? Oh, okay, uh, Ken Marino, Victor. Oh, yeah. So I... Uh, Guy was trying to get laid, the virgin. I had I had a split on this oh, one. Oh, twofer. And you know what? I actually... Cause, okay, because I was debating between Chris Pratt or Shannon uh, uh, Tatum. Yeah, I almost did Channing Tatum because I, he is that kind of like meathead, just yeah. all about pussy, puts on this persona, and yet could still have, uh, uh, you know, not popped his cherry yet, yeah, as no. they say. I like that. I actually went with uh, Miles Teller, who's a fan of mine, you know, from that Whiplash movie. I love him when he does comedy, and I'd love to see him uh, do do a role like who, this. Who was he in Whiplash? He's the main character. He's the kid, Miles he Teller. He does comedy? Uh, well, I mean, he... He is somewhat the comic relief in those Divergent movies, uh, and I saw him in some other like kind of buddy movies. It's like him and two other guys on I HBO. I never saw the Divergent. He's so. he's funny as fuck. Well, no, you shouldn't. It's 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 Hunger Games light, so you can skip <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, that that's uh that is my understanding, and that's why yep. I'm uh, I'm not. <laughs> and as long, it. as long as we're talking that character, we might as well talk about his pair, the Jolo Trulio character. N Neil. Yes. Uh, the character Neil. Now you're going to notice a theme that since they kind of went with. Uh, you know, pulling from comedy groups yeah. is I'm kind of doing the same thing. Sure, why not? And so, from the same comedy group, replacing him with uh, with uh, Ben Grant is he is also from the state. He was in Reno 911. Oh, I know who you're talking about. Uh, he uh, he was I can't remember his uh, character's name in uh, Reno 911, but uh, he 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 and Thomas Lennon 
our I, our, our writing partners, and they wrote um, the Night at the Museum films. Oh no way! You know, oh, yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, you always get those two. Uh, confused. Yeah, so uh, so I would would do him uh, in uh, in there. It's someone else from the state. I like that. And I, I have like a couple that. other from the state also. I did. Uh, I took a, a bite out of the Big Bang Theory, and I went Simon Helberg, who is Howard, because you just need somebody who's kind of like nerdy and annoying. I gotcha. Um, and uh, I'd love to see him on a motorcycle trying to chase down. Uh, chase down the other character. All right. How about um, what do you want to do next? Uh, Let's have, do. Okay. I was going to say Ben and Susie. Uh, Bradley Cooper and Amy Poehler. Yeah, right let's do it. All right. So for uh, for Bradley Cooper, Ben, I went with Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> I went Lance Lance Bass, <laughs> actual gay person. <laughs> Cinema verite. <laughs> okay, and then for uh, Amy Poehler. So yeah, Susie is. I went with uh, Abby Jacobson. Hmm. You would know her from Broad City. Which is a uh, what, what else? What? <laughs> Blank stares from Joel. You would. Only know her from Broad City. Tell me your name again. Is Abby Jacobson? Is just Jacobson. Yeah. Is look up. Uh, just look up Broad City. It's, oh, a, it's, it's too it, late now. I'm it's down a like Abby Jacobson. Okay. Road. It's a Comedy Central show, and it's it's about two friends, and she is hilarious yeah? in this. And I th- I think she would do really well. I have to look her up. I went uh, Amanda Seyfried from the Mean Girls, basically reprising her role uh, from Mean Girls. Okay. Except not not as dumb and more bossy. Okay. But I like her. She's funny. Uh, let's see. How about uh, as long as we did Bradley Cooper? How about the Ian Michael Black or Michael Ian Black? I always get it confused. Which one is it? Michael Ian. Michael Black. Ian Black is I once again pulling from the state. Uh, for him, I went with uh, Thomas Lennon. Oh, oh, see, there you go. He would have been great. Yeah, is, um, I, I think he would have pulled that off. That's too. a much better choice than mine, which is just uh, Adam Lambert, actual <laughs> another actual gay. What the fuck, man? I don't know. I was, I was, I came up with that one in the car on the way over. This has <laughs> been, it's been a long week. It sounds like it. Let's do, uh, let's do Christopher Maloney, the cook. Gene. Gene is someone who is going to be in the sh- uh, in the Wet Hot America Summer Show. No, uh, John Hamm. <gasps> oh, dude, yes, I saw that fight scene between the two of them. Yes. Man. Yes. I'm, I'm in it just for that. He's he's great when he has a chance to do comedy. Somebody else who uh, doesn't get it, enough of a chance to do comedy, uh, but when he does, I like him. Uh, I liked him in the Muppets movie as the villain. I'm talking about Chris Cooper. So I'm going a little older here, okay. but he totally feels like somebody who's like ex-military, takes it all too seriously, but then would say that inappropriate thing and have to uh, sheepishly uh, slink away. Uh, all right. All right. How about... What do you got next? Uh... W- Go with, uh, since we just went with Gene, go with his buddy Andy, played by A.D. Miles. Yes. It, oh, no, sorry. Not, uh, that's, uh, that's Gary, not Andy. Oh, uh, you're right. Yeah. Is, uh, so uh, Gary, mm-hmm. just because they look a lot alike to me. Oh, no. Is I'm going with uh, Andy Daly. Oh, interesting. I thought we were going to have some crossover. He does look like him, too. Yeah. See, in my head, uh, he seemed more like John Heater, Napoleon Dynamite. Oh, I could see that. <laughs> I could see I that. I like John Heater when he's not playing that Napoleon Dynamite character. Yeah. This would be an opportunity yeah, to he's, do that. Yeah, he's, he's good when he's not, yeah, when he's not playing did Napoleon. You, did you recast uh, the Zach Orth character? Yes, I did. Who's the heavyweight guy? Uh, yeah. Uh, JJ. Mm-hmm. Is he... Uh, th- if in the film, he's the guy that when Paul Rudd starts to make out with Elizabeth Banks, yeah, just randomly is like, "All right, I'll leave you alone," and just walks off <laughs> and like just like you know planks into That's the water. That's hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> just for like no reason. That's that absurd comedy. Yep. Is so I went with someone that uh, I'm sure you're not going to know who it is. Once again, it's so, not. it's someone from Broad City. Is oh. he's uh, he's really big uh, in the improv scene out in L. A. Mm-hmm. Is he's on Improv for Humans a lot. And uh, his name is uh, John Gemberling. 
I, I believe is how you say that. You look up a picture of him while I read yeah, the yeah. line. Uh, actually, I just went kind of lame in this one and did uh, Jonah Hill because I like Jonah Hill. That's I could Jonah see Hill that. Type. Yeah, I could see that. That's that's him. Yeah, not very, you're not going to uh, recognize him. No, I do not recognize that yeah. guy. You're correct. Yeah, you could have said Game of Thrones, and I wouldn't have known that either. <laughs> right. Uh, all right, we're getting down to the top. Then how about uh, uh, Katie? You want to do the hot? Chick oh no, Katie? no, no. Let's. Uh, I think oh. we should do Gail. Uh, did you recast Gail? Is she Mo- the nurse? Mo- Molly Shannon. Oh yes, I did. Okay. I didn't know her character's name. Uh, I did. Um, somebody who's equally as um, neurotic in a movie called uh, Wedding Crashers. Isla Fisher, the redhead, the okay. crazy redheaded chick that Vince Vaughn hooks up with. Oh, oh, okay. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Now I do. I could see her having a mental breakdown in front of a bunch of I children. Could. I went once again pulling from the state. If you know the state, you know who it is. Carrie Kenny. Oh, <laughs> yes. You know, once again from uh, Reno 911. Oh, absolutely, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, half of these are Reno 911 guys. Well, it fits. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's the same style of humor, mm-hmm. but, you know, it's, they weren't in this one. All right. So, all right, yeah, now now we're kind of into the to the top people. Is, Let's uh, do Katie, the hot chick. Okay. Is who, Who'd you put? I, uh, again, pulling from Mean Girls, went Rachel McAdams. Because okay. I think she'd be she'd be able to kind of play both those sides and still be likable even while she's telling you there's no chance you'll ever have sex with me. Yeah, uh, I went with uh, Cecily Strong from SNL. Oh, I fucking love her! Yes, yeah, Cecily. Yeah, I, good I, one. I, I think she'd be great. How about the Michael Showalter character Coop, who was pining Coop. after her? <sighs> this one, <laughs> I think I spent the most time thinking about who could replace him. Like I had, oh, yeah? I had everyone cast except for Coop. Interesting. It's like, he was one of my first ones, I guess. Really? Because yeah. I just, I thought he did such a great job. And ultimately, mm-hmm. landed on Donald Glover from, from Community. Doing a little uh, little, little uh, ethnic casting, I guess, there. Yeah. <laughs> okay. If you want to put a label on it. I don't racist. want to, but I'm just saying I, was, I wasn't. Uh, oh, gosh. You know what? This movie is Lily White, isn't it? I'm looking at my list yeah. now. No, yeah. but I mean the original cast is. Oh yeah, no minorities in it at all. Interesting. I th- well, again, I think it was the eighties. John Tarullo is Italian. Joe Ken- Lo- Trulio. Well, yeah, I guess so is Ken last Marine. Name. Yeah, but still, they're all shades of white. <laughs> I like that dude because I love that guy. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah. Who would? Uh, so he'd be pining after uh, Cecily Strong, huh? Yes. Interesting. A little bit of an age difference there, maybe, right? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Well, I went. Uh, I went. I skewed a little younger. Um, I went with the Amazing Spider-Man, Andrew Garfield. No, because he can play that nerdy role, but still be. But likeable. I don't see him being able to deliver comedy lines. Oh no, he's funny. See, if you've ever seen him do interviews with Emma Stone, which by the way, why isn't Emma Stone in any of our recasts? She, oh. she guess what? Yeah, uh, she was my original recast for Abby. Yeah, yeah, me too. And uh, and I was I couldn't do that to the poor. I needed a sluttier girl. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. So I Andrew just, Garfield is Michael. I, just, I don't, I don't, I don't see character. him being funny. Oh no! Oh, oh yeah. So when they do interviews together, that's where I was going. Emma Stone, um, because I guess they're dating or we're dating. Oh. I'm not sure if they're still together from well, the Amazing Spider-Man him. movies, right? Um, they're they're hilarious. They're, they're like the cutest couple ever. I wish them luck. I want to find their registry at Bed Bath and Beyond. All right. All right. So now we're down to the three. Yeah, uh, I say we start with uh, Andy Paul Rudd's character. Yes, let's do that because I have a pairing for uh, oh. my David Hyde Pierce and Gene. Well, it's just like they they go together. I have to do them as a pair. Oh, okay. So uh, Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd. Andy. I went with uh, Andy Sandberg. Dude, yes, another Reno, not Reno, no, it's SNL. As, no, no, yeah, but what's the show? Brooklyn Nine Nine. Brooklyn Nine. Oh yeah, that's, that's, that's connecting on two different. Hell movies. yeah, yeah, because got Chelsea Peretti. She's also from that Bro- show. Brooklyn Nine Nine, and then mm-hmm. three. That's great. That's probably better than mine. Although I feel like mine's pretty strong. How about James Franco 
in that just kind of fuck you. Oh, man. Right? Because he's like so sleazy. But I'd love to see him just like play. I love you. I love you. I hate you. Just flipping everybody off. Yes. But being uh, like a petulant child about it. Yeah. I think he would. I think he would take that role way too seriously. Probably. He'd be like, all right, guys, I really have to not give a fuck. I, I love James Franco. I'll see him at anything. All right. All right. What about your uh, David Hyde Pierce? Is I went pulling once again from Community. Mm-hmm. I went with uh, Danny uh, Pudi, I believe is how you say his last name. Abed from Community. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, nicely done. Interesting. Well, then who's your uh, Janine Garofalo character? Is that they're I up? went with once again someone you're not going to know oh, from Broad si- Broad City. Uh, <laughs> I gotta gotta read up on this Broad City. Man. Oh, it's on Hulu. Yeah. Uh, Sounds misogynistic. Yeah, uh, Il- uh, Ilian Glazer. Oh, oh, I recognize her. Oh, yeah. she is a dude. She's got the look and everything. Yes, like, she is this generation's Janine Garofalo. Yeah, attitude and all. Nice. I like it. Um, yeah. Well, I, I saved my two uh, as a pair because I feel like. Uh, physiologically, they go together because my David Hyde Pierce character, the astrophysicist, going to be played by Kevin James. I know some people, people don't uh, like him. I'm sorry, I think he's funny. Yeah, I just you just lost my uh, ticket. Come on, oh come on. Oh, he's not going to be doing any physical comedy in here. He's going to be uh, <laughs> playing a little of the heart. Then why do you Still have be nerdy? You have him in a film for the. Ki- <laughs> I mean, like I'm not saying he's good at it. But I'm just saying that's why he's in your filth. No, he's, he's f- physical comedy. I I love his delivery. I love his style. And I think he could be really sweet and tender with these kids. And also, I think he'd be a good match for Melissa McCarthy in the Janine Garofalo okay. camp director. So we're going a little heavier, too. But uh, I don't. would they make a cute couple? Have they been in a film together when they've been paired up? I don't think so. Well, but this is going to be it. But I, I, I don't follow Kevin James Square that closely. <laughs> <laughs> it's too bad. Too bad he's a funny guy who uh, relies on on his pratfalls a little too much. Yeah. Well, there you go. Man, we managed to uh, pack a lot of shit into this episode. We've been a few weeks away. Of course, we're not sure when Joe's coming back. Hopefully, he'll be back next week. Uh, if not, I will attempt to be here. Maybe we'll have Jeff. Maybe we'll have another guest host talking about another uh, another movie as yet to be announced. Uh, but when we do announce it, we'll announce it through our social networks. You can follow us at our Twitter handle, at uh, the Editing Bay. Go to Twitter, follow us there. We're uh, getting some pr- nice followers there, so appreciate you guys listening and doing that. Uh, also, you can find us on our Facebook page. Just type the Editing Bay into Facebook up there; it'll show up along with the, all the other Next Wave radio shows. We've got uh, My Comic Life, that uh, Jeff, our own co-host Jeff, uh, also co-hosts with uh, Sam. Sam, dude, yeah. I love that show. I listen to that show every week. You know how when you listen to podcasts, uh, like mine, mine automatically downloaded. Right. There's probably like the top five, ten, if you're like me, podcasts you listen to. And then when that one shows up, everything else gets pushed to the bottom. Going to listen nice. to me, some of my comic life. You like also that. have uh, MVP, Most Valuable Podcast. They talk about sports. Yeah, uh, a lot, lot of a uh, lot of MLB talk and a lot yeah. of, uh, especially this past week or yeah, last week, a uh, lot, lot of WWE talk. Oh, yes, because yeah. of the, the Hulkster. I heard about that. Yeah. Controversial. So they'll be talking about that on this week's episode. Yes. Subscribe on iTunes. You can also subscribe on Podcast Addict. Uh, and also, we do have a website. This is the part where Joe would throw it to me for me to butcher the website. Jeff, what's our website, Jeff? Is www. <laughs> oh, God. Even See? Uh-huh. It's not so easy, is it? Well, that, that's, dude, that's because I'm not paying attention when you guys are recording. No, it's, it, uh, that's true. It's either it's editing bay, <laughs> the editing. No, 
One because your Twitter handle is, is one of the them has, edit, yeah. has Twitter the, handle is at the editing bay. All right, so then the website is uh, editingbay.com. There you go, got it. Editingbay.com. Of course, we link back to all of our social networks, Facebook and Twitter, um, and you can. Well, I'm still working on archiving all of our old episodes because also not only did Joe celebrate a birth, uh, but we celebrated a, a birth a couple of weeks ago. Uh, the birth of this show two years ago. Oh, July wow. 18th was our two-year anniversary, wow. two-year birthday of doing the Editing Bay. So thank you all the listeners, all you who have subscribed, who've liked us on the Facebook page, who've followed us, uh, and who've told your friends about us. Please keep it up because we love doing this show for you, uh, even though you know it, it's, it's a labor of love. I dedicate uh, two to three hours a week. <laughs> Watch a movie, come here and talk about it, and uh, we have a good time doing it, and uh, we love your feedback. So please follow us there. Uh, what else am I missing here? Next week, we're not sure what we're going to be. Not- it's going to be a mystery. Yep, we'll have to find out. Again, follow us, and uh, you'll find out there. And uh, anything else you got to say, Jeff? No. Thanks just, for thanks yeah. for jumping in here at the last minute. And uh, I want to get my own plugs in. Oh, fuck. What are we missing? Is My Comic Life on Facebook. Just do a search for oh, okay. My Comic Life. Uh, Instagram and Twitter. You can follow us at mycomic underscore life. That's the other one. All right, there we go. We're all we're all there. Uh, we go. We're all done. Well, thanks guys again for for listening to this, um, and thank you for your support all along. Jeff, again, thanks man for for coming in the last happy minute. Happy to do it. I'm so glad you didn't have to watch Sharknado three, and that I'm, I caught you in time. I'm happy to. to talk about this fantastic film. So thanks again, listeners. Until next week, we're out. You've been listening to the Next Wave Radio Network. That's fucking gold.